Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. y'all so on today's episode we're going to be talking about the mental health struggles that we have as you know children of immigrants and um so i hope you guys enjoy the episode so um as you all know i don't have my driver's license yes mean you can go ahead and drag me um but for the past few months my dad has been like taking me out to drive because like i think because of the corona and everything all the driving schools have been closed um so i've just been driving with my dad and so I think in the first few times that we went out driving, I was like super anxious. Um, and then my dad was like, I got, like I sat behind the wheel and, I, and he could tell like I was super tense. And he was like, uh, why, are you, why are you stressed? It's not that deep. And I was like, I don't know if you know this, but I have a crippling fear of disappointment. <laughs> and then he was like, um, you're not here to disappoint me or make me proud. You're learning how to drive. It's something that everyone does. <laughs> so like, take it easy. And so later on, it got me thinking, because I think that was the first time I actually admitted to my parents that I have a crippling fear of disappointment. But it got me thinking of like how, as the child of an immigrant, how I've developed that. And I've like, and the different, the different ways I've coped with it, some of them not very well. And so I think like as someone whose parents like obviously immigrated and like moved away from their family and stuff like that, you often like feel indebted to them that you like you always need to excel in whatever it is you do just so that you can let them know that it was worth it that they came here even though they never actually tell you oh I came to this country for you like they never they never they never make you feel like you need to go out of your way to make them proud because they came to this country for you. Like they don't put that pressure on you, but you put that pressure on yourself. And it's so detrimental because you you just honestly, you just constantly, and like, I think in the previous episode, we were talking about the challenges of social media and how we always want to excel in everything that we do. That's a thought that I constantly find myself thinking, even when I'm, when I want to post anything on social media, is that like, is this, is this even, like, is this something that's, like, going to be worth it for me as a child uh, of an immigrant? Like, is this representative of who I am? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't know, like, you guys can go ahead and, like, add on, like, like, based off, based off of your experiences, but that's something that, like, I noticed that, like, like played a huge role in, like, me take, taking care of my mental health and just, like, addressing mm -hmm. the fact that it's there. For me, no. it was like, it was like, oh, 
um, my mom was like, you know, you need to do this or to be successful. And then I had this fear. I'm like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be successful. So yes, I'm going to listen to my mom. I'm going to listen to my siblings and do this, go to, go on this path, do this degree, but I hate it, you know? And yeah, there's the more thoughts will come in, but yeah. I think as the oldest of my household, I really feel that pressure to another level. Um, cause ever since I've been little, I know that if I do something wrong, my siblings are going to see that and they're going to follow in those footsteps. And if I do something right, then maybe they'll follow in those footsteps. But if I do something wrong, hundred percent, they're going to follow and it's going to set a precedent for them. So it's just double like sided thing where on one hand, like every, I can think back on every single decision I've made in my life and it's always been keeping in mind that I ha like I have to make my parents sacrifices and all their efforts worth it um but the second part of it like all, every single thing I've done has also been keeping in mind that my siblings are looking up to me even if they never admit it they're they're following the things I do and if I set a bad example then like what do you know what type of path am I setting for them and and like with academics or with life there is this like added pressure of you know like i'm the first one and like my my sister and i have a two-year gap so like my, me and my sister that comes right after me so it's like i feel like you know if we were maybe like you know the same age like if we were twins or something it'd be like a shared thing whereas right now it i need to do this first like i need to make a career out of like things and i also think as the oldest, I'm around my mom more, or like my mom is more willing to share her feelings with me. And I love that. Like I would not trade that for anything in the world. But at the same time, that also means in comparison to all my siblings, I'm more aware of all the hardships my parents have gone through with my mom and my dad. And I'm more aware of everything that they're kind of like all their hopes and their dreams and like and it's all has to do with me. And I and they don't put that on me. It's not that they're like pressurizing me it's just is what it is and it's subconscious and exactly yeah, yeah. and, and even me like when I make every every decision I make it's not that I like I am consciously making those things but even unconsciously in every single thing I do like for example even like when I'm spending money like I get my allowance right I oh, wow. I oh yeah so I still get my allowance guys I know I'm very very lucky and I've heard this a bunch of times <laughs> so my dad still gives me a lot an allowance but even when I get that allowance, like I'm very careful with where I spend it or if I spend it because I know my parents, like I know all the other responsibilities my parents have. And I always try to like save that money so at the end of the month I can return it and be like, yo, you know, like I have this left over. And that sometimes like it's an added pressure because I don't need to do that. Like my dad gave that money to me for my use, like that's for me. But I do that, like, even when I go to Tim's, like, for example, if I have, like, $40, I will be like, oh, max I can spend is 20 because after that, like, I still need something to, like, keep, to give back. <laughs> or, like, and my dad has never accepted that money. Like, I know that. Like, my dad will be like, oh, keep it. Like, you can use it next month. But in my head, I'm still, like, I need something to show him <laughs> at the end of the month to be like, I'm a responsible person. I know. It's like, it's, it's these little things. It's these subconscious acts. You know, you're the oldest and I'm the youngest in my family, but I can relate to those pressures, like, significantly. But yeah, like, because, like, as as the youngest, I have, like, five parents. 
basically. <laughs> and like, I want to, I want to fulfill everyone's expectations. I want to take everyone's opinions because like, I love them all so much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. I'm also um, the first grandchild on my mom's side. And oh. I'm super close to all my, like my aunts and uncles. So it's, like, I don't want to say it's added pressure, but in the, it's, they're my immediate family. Like, I know people are like, they're extended family, but they're not extended family to me. They're my immediate family. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have my parents' hopes and dreams, and I have their hopes and dreams, and everyone, like, you know, wishes the best, because, like, and they've, like, raised me. They've all, like, like, every single thing I do, like, it's like, mm-hmm. if anything I, co- I accomplish is a great accomplish, but then also any failure I have, they always try and like lift me up saying it's a small setback, but I feel it as such a big failure. And I'm so, and like you said, Randa, like I have such a big feel, like fear of failure. Like there's so many things in my life that I've avoided doing just because I was like, what if I do it and I fail? Like I couldn't live with that. So I was like, I've, I've tried to get better at it. I'm learning to like, kind of like move past it, but that's such a big part of my thing. There's so many things I avoid doing because I'm so scared of failing at them. That's me with my business degree, literally dead ass. Like I'm, I'm afraid with pursuing uh, a job in accounting because I'm, I'm gonna fit. Like I'm have this fear that I'm gonna fail at it, and I'm not good at it. I don't have a passion for it. So, yeah. Now you're saying all those things, and I'm looking at the. I'm trying to put myself in my niece's shoes. She like, like she has so much support, and like, the way you consider your aunts and uncles your immediate family that's how it is for her she Mm -hmm. like she literally can come in here whenever and she'll sleep over and like open the fridge and eat all her food and it's like (laughs) super chill but yeah wow i relate a lot to you today (laughs) yeah how about you Faison? yeah Faison looks like more unique perspectives yeah Yeah, i think he has a different perspective (laughs) yeah the thing is like I'm just trying to like figure out like what to share because mm-hmm. a lot of this is like very personal of mm-hmm. and I I would like to think not to discount any of your experiences or anything like that um yeah I think like for me I think there's definitely struggles that I've gone through that have been like unique to my family and like my immigration like experiences or whatever so I'm just trying to figure out like what to share without mm-hmm. giving like too many details yeah so I'll, I'll circle back okay also i think i think it's really important to recognize that these i i don't know if i should say recognize because i don't think that's the right word i don't know how you guys feel but i don't feel comfortable calling these struggles mental illnesses or like mental health struggles and i don't know why it is it could be stigma it could be um it could or like it could be a bunch of things i don't know but i just like whenever I'm uh, like I don't I have never felt comfortable saying I struggle with my mental health mm-hmm. because it does, I feel like it's unfair to claim these struggles as mental health and I don't know if that's because we've normalized it to such an extent that like it feels like the norm mm-hmm. or if it's actually not like I I don't know this is me just saying like you know like sharing my thoughts mm-hmm. but I also feel like mental health. Mental illness is a completely different thing. But when it comes to even mental health, like, I, in my head, it's almost as, like, a white people thing. And I know it's not. Like, logically, I know it isn't. 
Right. And I have people around me who have really, really struggled with like a lot of serious issues. And I can like, and I never feel like their issues are not real. No, 100% I can validate their issues. But when it comes to myself, I, I cannot, like, I just for myself cannot feel comfortable calling it mental health. And I like, and like I said, I don't know why that is. Right. You know, but I, you know, it feels like it's not my word to claim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what, how you feel, Misha. For the longest time, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not depressed. I'm not. I don't have anxiety. Or every time I would say that, oh, I'm anxious. They're like, you, uh, an individual in the family would say, oh, you know, anxiety. It's just, um, it's just like a placebo and all that kind of stuff. Like they just say it, and you don't actually have it. And then I'm like, but then why do I feel like this and that kind of stuff, you know? And then it took the longest time to like actually accept that oh it is mental health it's it's it, it is a form of it it's but it's it's a different form of it and it's a very very different form than what it's what the norm is mm -hmm. uh, because because we have different experiences um and no no go ahead no no, no go, continue continue sorry just a thought popped in my head and i was just thinking i i recognize that i have lived a very sheltered life mm -hmm. and I have had great supportive parents and support like no matter how much my siblings and I fight like they have been very supportive um when it mattered and like I recognize I have a really really good support system and not everyone has that and like when I look back on my life I think there's definitely like there's things that are like struggles that kind of are consistent, for example, this fear of failure or this fear of disappointing mm -hmm. my parents or doing anything that disappoints them. But I don't know, those just feel like more, like, I don't know, I feel more comfortable calling it struggle than calling it mental health struggle. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like I was thinking back and I think the lowest point that I have ever been at is probably like the first semester of the school year so that was like september till like december 2019 this time last year and that was like the lowest point i've ever been and i i was very like i don't know if i was depressed because i feel like you have to be clinic like i don't know like again i it's very it's even like a little bit uncomfortable talking about it because it feels like it's not my word to use but i know that i was not feeling myself i was no like i would be momentarily happy and then that was it like there was no source of like constant happiness like that i used to have i didn't feel at peace and like i always felt like like in every single aspect of my life whether it was academic and relationships and like my anything at all like i didn't feel like myself and I didn't and I knew I wanted to get back to who I was but I didn't know how to get there and it was like I was looking at myself from like you know this outside perspective looking in and it's it's really hard because you don't know what to do and I went to go visit someone on campus and just talked with them and honestly it really really helped me and I think that's something that we are so, we as children of immigrants, that at least people have called, like, we're so hesitant to do. And even now, like, like even sharing that, I'm so hesitant to share that. And I don't know why. Like, there's no reason, but it's something that we're not comfortable doing. And it's something we're not comfortable sharing. But those things really, really help. And those resources are there for all of us. Those are not just resources. And I feel like it's not... You don't have to be suffering through something to the extreme level to get help. 
if you're suffering through it in a short period or like whatever it is like like you know you can't compare suffering what your suffering is it's your suffering and you yeah. need to get the help you need for that you know i just want to add to what misha said we're all human we're all going through stuff and at the end of the day like i have i have this thing that when someone asks me who are you i'm like i'm a human being that's it like that's who i am um, I make mistakes. I go through. I go through the same things as you do, um, and within that aspect of that, the image that I have as a human, I have my hands holding other people's hands constantly. You know, and that's that one hand is asking for support, and the other hand is giving support, and that's that's just the image that I've always have, uh, and mm -hmm. I've always had, and the image that I always want to carry with me, and I think that's something that. Um, we, we all need to carry that, you know, it's okay, even if it's the most tiniest thing, like, you know, they'll, they'll, something would, will, will happen, and I'll just message them, then I'm like, I'm so mad, I'm so pissed off, like, you know, just to even express that, like, it's, it, like, just do it, like, reach out to people, and have those conversations, and who knows, like, those small, small conversations will lead to something big and impactful, and it will help you grow as a person, so yeah. The sir, one, please. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> Circling back to kind of like what Misha said in the beginning about how it's so hard for us to just um, to like point out our own mental health struggles and mm -hmm. name them as mental health struggles. I think a lot of it has to do with like, at least for me, I've always felt like, say, if if I'm feeling like really anxious. Or I'm just like, why, why do I feel like this? I, that means that I'm being ungrateful. Because so many people back home who couldn't make it as far as I did, I shouldn't be, like, I, like, compared to them, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And it also doesn't help that in our culture is we don't even talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Faison, you had, you had stuff, you had things that you wanted to share? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on... I guess two things. Uh, number one was kind of building off of what you mentioned about, you know, you mentioned that sometimes if you're feeling some type of way, you'll message on them and be like, hey, I'm like super pissed. This is what happened. So as a person who's on the receiving end of it, as a caretaker, for, to, for lack of a better term, um, I know for me, like I, I try to be proactive in reaching out to friends and asking how they're doing and whatnot. And Sometimes they'll they'll open up to you, which is which is really great, right? Because you can uh you can you know give them a shoulder to lean on and whatnot. But as someone who is doing that, it can get really exhausting on your own end as well. And so I guess like for the person, first of all, it's really important for you to have a strong support system, but don't overwhelm that person and just like constantly throw your own like sort of I don't want to call it a mental baggage, but I'm going to say it for, for, for now. Like, don't constantly throw your mental baggage on them because there's only so much they can handle. And for mm -hmm. those who are on the receiving end of it, like, I know this was a concept that was extremely hard for me to grasp, but it's okay to be selfish because in order for you to be an ally for someone else, you need to be in the right mindset yourself. And there were a lot of times where I would, I naturally for me, I overthink a lot and I get overwhelmed quite easily. And so if I'm offering my help to more than one person, it just becomes really taxing for me. And that affects my relationship with my parents, parents, with my siblings, with my friends and all of that stuff. And the second thing I wanted to 
to mention was like we recognize that our parents have done so much for us right and we have so much privilege and you know everyone should be grateful for everything that's happened however don't deny or don't kind of undermine the fact that mental health stressors the cause of them can also be within the home and that that's something that's really hard to grasp for some people including myself because there are times where obviously my stresses are coming from academics um things not going my way etc etc but there are also times where i feel like okay like my brother did this or something like that and that's the source of my stress or, or my parents said this or that and i didn't appreciate that and that's the source of my stress so yes we have to be thankful to our parents for everything that they've done we have to be grateful and whatnot but you should also not be afraid of addressing those problems and taking a step back and seeing if that is the right environment for you in terms of your own mental health not not to say you should like run away from home or anything like that like not at all but it's okay if you need to like take a break for like two days and go like hang out with your friends or go to work a sleepover and like collect your thoughts you know it's okay if you need to go on a getaway or a vacation or something like that because like let's be real there are so many things that are cultural in our in our experiences that are not like islamically related because there's a lot of like um, there's a lot of girls out there who are being pressured to get married at like 19 right that's a huge source of stress that can come from the home right there's a lot of kids entering university who are being forced or told very strongly by their parents if you don't do x career then you're dead to me right that's very real maybe none of us went through it but that's that's a very real thing there are people out there who are living in single parent homes there's people out there who's parents or siblings or whatever they may have passed away or they're in a critical mental health condition and whatnot so all of those things can accumulate and it's very hard to talk to people about it which understandable right so yeah don't discount any of those feelings Mm -hmm. and don't don't feel like mental health can't come from x source or y source because it really can and to add on to what you guys said having a strong support system and if you don't want to share there's anonymous health helplines there's counselors that you can go through especially if you're a student and whatnot that are uh, super helpful so yeah just something i want to add to your point of as a receiver i think that's why it's really great to talk to someone that of course that's your friend or like you know your family that you're comfortable talking to but at the same time that that's also why you need to talk to a professional because whoever that person in your life is most likely they're not trained to equip like to help you they're only equipped with their common sense and their experience they're not actually equipped with actual resources so sometimes that's unfair to that person Mm -hmm. i i'm not saying that we shouldn't talk to each other we definitely should but i think if you can recognize when it's time to go talk to like a professional because Mm -hmm. that's what they are here for yeah no and i i 100 agree with that like there there i'm not gonna state um some of the stuff but there were there were times where i was talking to people and they they were like okay like 100 percent, this is what i would do but you need to take xyz step to Mm -hmm. 
in order for this to happen. And then I'd be like, okay. And then I would talk to another person. They would say the same thing. So then I would proceed with that step. And then I'd be like, so thankful for them. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I agree with Misha. And mm-hmm. on, and on the receiving end of it, like Fazan said, like one thing I know I really struggled with is you don't know what to do because you, you as a human being, your innate nature, if you care for this person, you like, you know, you really want the best for them, but you don't know what you can do to help them. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard on you, but it's also really hard on the other person because it's unfair to ask the other person to tell you what you can do because mm-hmm. most of the time they don't know what they can do either. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. I feel like I know when I was going through my rough time, all my friends were wanted to help me, but no one knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really, really appreciated was my friends just checking up on me. I mm-hmm. had this one friend, my best friend, who would send me a text every morning just saying good morning. And then she'd send me a random text like during the day just saying, how are you doing? And like, and there were times where you don't want to respond. Like you're just in that mind where you don't want to talk about. It. And I would leave her on red, but she was very understanding. I remember like the first couple of times she even messaged me saying, yo, if you don't feel like responding, that's completely okay. I see that you've seen it. That's it. Like, that's good. And that was really, really, for me, like, I don't know how that feels for someone else, but for me, that was a really helpful thing. And I really appreciated that gesture because I knew someone was thinking about me and that Mm -hmm. they cared. And then certain times when I did feel like talking, I, like, you know, I used that opportunity to talk to them. But then most of the time, I'm going to tell you, to be honest, normally I'm a very talkative person and I need to talk to someone to move past my thing. But during that time frame, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to kind of like wallow in my own feelings type of thing. And, and half the time I don't even know why I was sad. Like, let's be honest. Like, I was like, I don't know why I'm so upset. Everything in my life is going great. Like, I don't know why I feel this way. And I didn't want to talk to anyone. So again, like for me, just knowing that somebody cared and just having that check-in was really, really nice. And I really appreciated that. And I will Mm -hmm. never forget that. Yeah, no, I, what's it called? As a friend, if you, if just a piece of advice, like if you know someone is struggling, be understanding, like the, like what Misha experienced, but like also like there, there would be times where a friend would message me and they'd be like, I, I know that you're going through this, but I just want to let you know that I love you and I hope you're having an amazing day. And that would be like, you know, waking up in the morning, seeing that message, you, I'd be like, okay, I'm, today's going to be a good day you know, and I'm very thankful for that person. But yeah, just a little piece of advice. If you know, if you have a friend that's going through something, you know, just send them a piece, send them a positive message or something like that, or send them a teddy bear. Who knows? You know? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.